With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Are your wiper blades chattering, skipping, or squeaking? Don't let streaks or smearing on your windshield compromise your visibility. When it's time to replace your wiper blades, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and see our selection. Our professional parts people will even install your new wiper blades while you wait. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. The secret to catching prize-worthy fish? Fishing like a local. Jonas Knox here with Fishing Booker. The valuable knowledge of a local guide can turn a fishing trip of no bites into the best catch of the day. Go to fishingbooker.com to discover thousands of local fishing charters from all around the world and create your perfect angling adventure with their easy-to-use online booking system. Visit fishingbooker.com and book your trip today. Fishing Booker. Fishing trips made easy. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. <laughs> This is the best of Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis on Fox Sports Radio. I think that this weekend is the best weekend of the year in the NFL. Maybe the only comparably good weekend in the NFL is the opening weekend of the season overall. When all everybody's hopes and dreams can come rolling back to fruition, you can believe that your team is much better in the offseason. But in terms of actual quality of game, I think the divisional round weekend is the best weekend of the year in the NFL because we've got four great games, two on Saturday and two on Sunday. I think it's better than the AFC and the NFC title game because every year at the NFC and the AFC title game, I always think, and it's been over 25 years I've been thinking like this, why can't they play one of these games on Saturday and one of these games on Sunday and frequently When you only have two games, one of the AFC or either the AFC or the NFC game ends up not very close. And so you sit around and wait for three hours for the other game to happen. And sometimes neither of the games are close at all. Obviously, the Super Bowl can be good or it can be bad, but the Super Bowl is like New Year's Eve. You got all these uh, amateurs that show up and make the game kind of not as much fun as it otherwise would be. If you're a legitimate NFL fan, it's not that much fun to go to a Super Bowl party and sit around with a bunch of people who have no idea what they're talking about and watch the game. I'd rather just watch the game with a couple of friends or by myself with my kids uh, and just know exactly what's going on. So the Super Bowl is kind of an overbearing party. This weekend is the best weekend, I think, certainly in the NFL playoffs. And I would argue with you that other than the opening weekend of the season in the NFL, this is the best weekend of football there is because you've got eight teams. It's basically the elite eight of the NFL. And you always get at least the idea that there might be an upset, something that throws everything awry. I'm like most of you. I anticipate that the AFC is not going to have that much drama since midway through the AFC season, maybe even earlier, you've kind of looked at the AFC and said, yeah, 
I expect for the Steelers to play the Patriots. And that's why the Jesse James catch or not catch controversy was such a big deal because it is probably going to decide who wins the AFC because I don't think the Steelers are going to go on the road and win in New England. And I don't think New England would have gone on the road in January and won in Pittsburgh. So I still think that's the most likely outcome in the AFC. I've been saying it all year. I think the NFC is wild, wide open. Anything can happen, maybe other than the Eagles finding a way to advance to the Super Bowl. I don't think Nick Foles is going to win two straight playoff games. And frankly, I don't really think Case Keenum is going to do it either. You've got four established, proven quarterbacks who may make the Hall of Fame. Three definite Hall of Famers in Tom Brady, in Ben Roethlisberger, and in Drew Brees. All first ballot guys, no question, in the Hall of Fame the minute that they become eligible. And then you got Matt Ryan, who's hanging right there on the periphery. And if he makes another Super Bowl and or wins a Super Bowl, he's probably going to end up in there too because he's got such a tremendous amount of victories and yards and everything else. And then you've got four complete unknowns. Okay, two of these guys just won their first playoff game and are still really young, relatively speaking, in Marcus Mariota and in Blake Bortles. Case Keenum has been around the league a little bit. I believe he's 29. And then Nick Foles is similar to Case Keenum. Um, And so will any of those four guys step up and surprise us? I thought it probably made the most sense, frankly, to break down each of these games also in, in the way of if you could only watch one game. A lot of you out there are going to be busy this weekend. You've got a variety of different activities that you might need to take advantage of, take a, take a responsibility for. And so when I look at these four games, we've got the Falcons and the Eagles and the Titans and the Patriots on Saturday. If I could only watch one of those games on Saturday, I probably am going to go Titans-Patriots. Now, I know the line in this game is 13 and a half. But the Titans have been incredibly competitive in the last eight weeks of the season. Basically, since Thanksgiving, the Titans have lost some games and they've won some games, but every one of them has been insanely close. Like, there hasn't been a great deal of uncertainty when it comes to what exactly is going to happen. I mean, listen to the Titans in their last eight games. All right, I'm just trying to sell you on this game potentially being closer than 13 and a half. I'm betting on the Titans to keep it closer than 13 and a half. All right. In the last, man, this is pretty crazy. If you go all the way back to October 22nd, all right, take it all the way back to October 22nd, other than one game where the Titans fell apart on the road in like the fourth quarter, because that was a pretty close game. That was roughly a two-point game late in the third quarter, entering into the fourth quarter. Here's what the Titans have, games have looked like, regardless of opponent. One by three, one by three, one by four, one by four, one by 11, but it was on a walk-off from Derrick Henry that would have otherwise been a, what, a four-point win. Lost by five, lost by two, lost by four, one by five, one by one. So basically, if you go all the way back to October 22nd, with the exception of one game, the Titans have won or lost it by five or fewer points effectively. So I think this Titans team will keep it relatively close against the Patriots. Now, I don't think they'll win, 
because I don't think they can stop Rob Gronkowski. If you looked at what Travis Kelsey did to the Titans, they don't have a defender who can play against uh, against Rob Gronkowski at all. They don't have that safety. They don't have certainly not a linebacker. They don't have anybody that they can put against Travis Kelsey to make a difference. But if I could only watch a one game on Saturday, I'm going Titans-Patriots. Also, I think Falcons-Eagles going to be pretty good. The Falcons are right around a three-point favorite as the sixth seed. I think they're going to beat the Eagles because I think that the Eagles will have a decent game plan because they've had basically three weeks to get ready for this game. And I think they're going to play pretty well. I know the Eagles fans are going to show up in insane abundance and cheer like they've never cheered before because they feel like it's going to be a total maddening, wild, how often are you in this position if you are the Eagles, you want to host the NFC, even with the Carson Wentz injury. So I'd go Titans-Patriots on Saturday. I'd go Eagles-Falcons on Saturday as my number two choice. On Sunday, I think Saints-Vikings. And I think Saints-Vikings is probably the best game of all four of them, if I had to rank them overall, because I think there are so many potential outcomes here. I'm also not 100% a believer in the Vikings, even though the Vikings are getting to play at home, primarily because I'm not 100% a believer in Case Keenum. And as much as Viking fans want to pretend that they are 100% believers for Case Keenum, I know that in reality most people are not. And do you really believe that we could end up with an NFC title game between Case Keenum and Nick Foles? I just I don't see that as likely given what has typically happened in the NFL playoffs, which is the better quarterback wins, right? There are four games here where we have a clearly better quarterback. We know beyond a shadow of a doubt that Drew Brees is better than Case Keenum. We know beyond a shadow of a doubt that Ben Roethlisberger is better than Blake Bortles. We know beyond a shadow of a doubt that Tom Brady is better than Marcus Mariota. And we know beyond a shadow of a doubt that Matt Ryan is better than Nick Foles. Now, is it possible that the team surrounding these guys could be good enough to get one of the other four quarterbacks over the line here? Certainly. Is it possible that an individual game situation, Marcus Mariota, for instance, could outplay Tom Brady? Yeah. I mean, because if you look at Brady over the last five weeks of the season, he's got a passer rating lower than Marcus Mariota's, and he's thrown just six touchdown passes against five interceptions. He just frankly hasn't been very good. His passer rating has dropped 30 points. He's just been average. So is it possible that finally Tom Brady's age could catch up with him on a Saturday night in Foxborough? Yes. Is it possible that Nick Foles could come out and play splendid football like he did the one year he was with Chip Kelly and threw 27 touchdown passes and two interceptions? Yes. Is it possible that Ben Roethlisberger could throw five interceptions again against the Jags and that the Jags could go on the road and win as a touchdown underdog? Yes, certainly. And could Case Keenum come out and play lights-out football? Yes. The crazy thing about this Saints-Vikings game, guys, is that the Vikings, by the time this game kicks off at 440 Eastern on Sunday, will know 100% whether or not they are playing for to put an NFC title in Minnesota. In other words, whether or not that game is going to be played inside their dome. Because if I'm Minnesota, I understand the idea of 
every game has to stand alone and everything else associated with it. If I'm a Vikings fan, or frankly, if I'm a Vikings player or coach, there's no way they're not sitting there and thinking three. If we win three games, we are Super Bowl champs. And we can do all three of those probably inside of our own stadium. If that happens, wow. I mean, I think you have to make the Vikings an interesting favorite. We talked a little bit about that yesterday with Todd Furman. How would you balance that if the Vikings got to play at home in the Super Bowl, even with all of the potential issues outstanding there? All right, I'm going to give you my gambling picks here momentarily when we come back in the next segment. We're also kind of giving you a roadmap for what today's show is going to look like. We're going to go with my guy, Mike Keith, who's the voice of the Titans in Hour 2 as they get ready for the Titans and the Patriots game. And then in Hour 3, we'll go up to Boston and talk to Casey Smith as we do every single Friday. What is the vibe in New England? Also going to take your calls. I'll open up the phone lines. What do you anticipate in the divisional round playoff games? Which of these games do you believe is the best? I'm also going to bring in the crew and have them break down what they think is the best game of the weekend. If I were ranking them right now, one to four, I go Viking Saints is the best game. All right, Viking Saints, best game, I believe. I think the second best game is probably Titans Patriots. Then I would go Falcons Eagles. And finally, I would go Jags Steelers. Um, would be my breakdown of those four games. Am I wrong? Am I right? Your reaction, 877-996-6369. Will we see any upsets? Who of these four quarterbacks that are unproven? Case Keenum, Nick Foles, Marcus Mariota, Blake Bortles is the most likely to get a win for their team. Much to discuss as we roll into what I believe is the best weekend in the NFL. The final eight, the divisional round playoff games, Two on Saturday, tomorrow. Two on Sunday. Can't wait to see what's going to happen. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick, the coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. We've got a confident team in the Tennessee Titans going on the road. I know the Patriots are confident because they never lose. Uh, We bring in now voice of the Titans, Mike Keith, to get ready for one of the four big divisional round playoff games. And Mike, first of all, I want to start here. How big for the Titans was the road win over Kansas City? I think it's huge for the development of everything going on with this organization right now, Clay, because I think you've done several things this year to take care of some things that people can no longer talk about. The the losing streak to Indianapolis, not making the playoffs, not having won a playoff game. and all, So all of those things are now out the window as you kind of take another step trying to become one of those consistent playoff teams, which I think is what everybody wants to become. But the other thing, too, is getting to be involved in January football, getting to be involved in a game at Kansas City, and now this weekend, getting to be involved in a game at New England. I think it's a a big lift for this overall development and what the Titans are trying to do. And obviously, it's an incredible opportunity. How big is it for the Titans in the context of having won one playoff game? It's almost like you're at the poker table and you've already started off by winning and you put some of your winnings in your pocket and now you're just sitting at the table thinking, hey, maybe I'll win the big pot. And at the same time, you're like, worst case scenario, I step back from the table and I feel like I've made a little bit of money. Is that kind of where the Titans are playing with house money at this point? 
I think to a certain extent, I think for the long term, they certainly are. For the long term, I think you're saying you've already won. You, you're, you've already, you know, put the put the winnings in your pocket now, and whatever you decide to play with is just extra money that you have. If if the Titans don't win this ball game, nobody's going to say, "Oh, what a disappointment! How could you guys do this? You you let us down! What a you, you crumbled!" You're not going to hear any of that. You're going to hear you lost to the Patriots. Well, and and then if you were to go and by some chance pull off a victory then suddenly the, the rebuilding process, which has been going on for a couple of years, has been accelerated to a very different level. And where you are is perceived to be a different level. So I, I think the Titans are in almost a no-lose situation this weekend. And I think the players sense that from what they're getting from the outside. Certainly the word from the Boston area and the word from the national media is you have no chance. And do you buy that? Do you think the Titans have no chance? Oh, I think the Titans have a chance. Sure. I mean, this is the NFL. That's the that's the beautiful thing is this is this is not uh, you know college basketball where you're playing a, a Division two team and they have no shot. Or when one of our uh, football championship series teams takes on one of our football bowl series teams, uh, quite often they have no chance. No, this is the NFL. The Titans can win this football game. Now, they'll have to do a lot of things that people don't usually do in January in Foxborough. And the other thing, too, is they'll have to play a much more consistent game than they played at any time this year. We've seen flashes, but we haven't seen the whole thing. They don't have to be perfect, but they'll have to play a much more consistent game. So, sure, I think they've got a shot, absolutely. How healthy is Marcus Mariota? More healthy than he's probably been since September, I, I think. Uh, I mean, the injuries that he's had overall, he had the hamstring that he did in Houston on October 1st, injured a shoulder and a knee November 12th against Cincinnati, against Arizona on December 10th, he hurt a knee, and he was coming back off, you know, having surgery for a broken lower leg. And so it's been a year of of kind of trying to pull it all back together. I don't know that he's 100%, but he certainly is closer than he has been at any point this year. How much does his team like Marcus Mariota? I mean, when you see the way the team reacts to him, whether it was the scramble play against Jacksonville that put this team into the playoffs effectively, even though he threw two touchdown passes, one of which was to himself, it (laughs) seems like the team went crazy on the block that he threw for Derrick Henry to end that game. How much of a beloved figure in the locker room is Mariota? Very much so. And you see it's very genuine. I think the other part, too, was before the Jacksonville game, a couple of veteran linebackers went to him and said, hey, you realize you've never been in these situations before. Lay it all out here. The fact that Brian Arakpo and Wesley Woodyard would feel like they could go to him and have that conversation tells you, hey, you're one of the guys – this is the kind of respect that we have for you. The belief in him is tremendous, and it's one of the things that certainly, in my opinion, gives the Titans a chance this weekend as they play in Foxborough. This team has a quarterback that they believe in in every way, shape, and form, not just on the field, but they believe in him otherwise. They take him seriously. They want to play for him. It makes a difference. One of the things that's interesting about Mariota um, and what he's done this year is the numbers are not great, you know, roughly even on the touchdown passes and the interceptions. 
but it reminds me a little bit of Steve McNair back in the day in this respect. It always seemed like Steve McNair had the ball late and needed to do something to find a way to win. And Mariota, I believe this year, leads the NFL in fourth quarter or overtime wins Mm -hmm. with five. I think that number is correct. Correct. Um, and he's had the ball in his hands a couple of other times against the Rams, against uh, uh, the, uh, the the 49ers, and against the um, uh, certainly the, uh, the Arizona, I believe, where anything could have happened, right? They could have won. They could have lost. Sure. He's been in these situations a ton. Now, he came through against the Chiefs with a big-time touchdown pass to Eric Decker. Has he really challenged mentally now when you look at basically this entire season? About half the time, he's had the ball late in the fourth quarter or overtime, needing his team to have him find a way to win. Most important thing that's happened to this offense this year, Clay, has been that. You know, if the if the San Francisco lead holds up, he would have had six of those drives. Because they got and a field goal for people who they, don't know, and then the, the yeah. 49ers came back and bombed one through literally on the final play of the game to win. Yeah, because he scored with a minute seven to go to put him ahead. Um, that you know his stats haven't been good. The offense regressed this year in terms of statistics. They haven't been as good in the red zone overall. They certainly haven't been as good on third down. And there's going to be a lot of that that I'm sure they're going to break down in this off season about where it went wrong. But what's gone right is late in games, late in situations where you got to have it. He's come through very consistently, and he's had this experience. You know, he had four of these experiences his first two years, and as you mentioned, he's had eight of them this year. Uh, That's a big deal, and that's a big deal for a quarterback because truly in this league, we judge quarterbacks on wins and losses. You know, you could say, well, you know, it's the other guys, and and, and it is. I, I know. I mean, I know there are 21 other players and special teams and whatever. But your your quarterback directs it, he leads it. It goes back to the question you were just talking about how the team follows him, what they think of him. Does that factor in? You bet it does. I mean, you look at a guy like Brady, you look at a guy like Roethlisberger, you look at a guy like Aaron Rodgers, there's a level of expectation on that team that this is what our guy is going to do for us in this situation, regardless of statistics. I think Mariota has established himself in that way this season when you look at uh, the weather conditions a lot of times when you're playing in Foxborough and the game's tomorrow uh, it's Friday and and they're starting to look at the weather conditions it's actually not going to be that bad right Uh, (laughs) it's snowing in Nashville and the expectation is that it's actually going to be a little bit balmy up in Foxborough which is amazing considering it's you know mid-January at a night yeah it's true and you know the the playoff game we played there 14 years ago it was minus or I should say it was four degrees at kickoff, and it was below zero when the game ended. And then we played up there in 2009, a game that we lost 59 to nothing. And all around the area, it was raining. And when we got to Foxborough, it was raining snow. Yeah. It was literally 12 degrees colder in Foxborough than any of the surrounding areas. And it was, and so when it looked like it was raining, it was there, there were snowflakes, and I'm not talking about freezing rain. And I know if there are meteorologists listening, they will probably say, <laughs> "I've never seen this before in my life." So you don't have any idea what can happen. Thus, if we get there tomorrow night and it's 40 and it's not snowing, I mean, we'll feel like we've we've 
shown up in Palm Springs. But the weather isn't supposed to be a big concern, which it's a lot not. of times in Foxborough is one of their big advantages, right? That they oh, can play sure. in that cold weather and other people can't. And especially if they have a snowplow driver on hand. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, we're talking to Mike Keith. He's the voice of the Titans. He'll be calling the Titans at the Patriots game on Saturday night. Uh, Mike, for people out there who may not be familiar with the Titans, and I think that's a huge percentage of the people that are listening to us right now, they may know Mariota. They may know Derrick Henry a little bit from having what he did when he was with Alabama. But in terms of other offensive weapons, what should people be looking for? Delaney Walker maybe a little bit for fantasy because he's had some pretty big numbers. But wide receiver-wise, the Titans are going to have to get more than they've gotten so far, probably. Who's out there for the Titans at wide receiver that could make plays in this game? They went to Corey Davis at Kansas City, and he had four catches in the ball game, and, and seemed to to find his range a little bit. Not necessarily big plays, but throwing on the outside to take advantage of his ability to get open. So I think he's involved. The guy I'm looking for is Richard Matthews. He has not shown up much in recent games. You know, he he'd had a late season injury that he'd been trying to fight back from. I think if the Titans are going to have a shot to win this football game. They need some big plays down the field. Richard Matthews is the guy who's consistently done that. The other name, obviously, Derek Decker. He's a name that people all over the NFL know, and he's also a name that Patriots fans know from his days with the Broncos and with the Jets. He's played there. He knows what to expect. And he had a big catch in Kansas City late for a touchdown that may have gotten him back on track. I think the receiver position, Clay, is going to be huge tomorrow night due to the fact that I think the Patriots will do everything they can to take away Delaney Walker. Defensively, is there any reason to believe the Titans can get to Tom Brady and or cover, which may be just as important, Rob Gronkowski? Because they didn't do a good job against Travis Kelsey before he got injured late in the first half. Gronkowski, obviously, the most difficult matchup at tight end, I would probably say, for anybody in the NFL. What can the Titans do there? Well, he's going to get his. The, the big thing is you've got to tackle him. And that's the that's the whole focus that the Titans have a lot with this Patriots passing game, whether it's Cooks or whether it's Hogan or Amendola or somebody out of the backfield. And certainly Gronkowski, the big thing is tackling. Don't let them get on long, you know, on plays where they break a tackle and go 40 yards. That's what happened to the Titans Early in the game at Kansas City, uh, Tyree Kill makes a five-yard catch, and it ends up being a 45-yard gain. Brady doesn't hold it. He's going to get rid of the football. You've got to knock him down, and you've got to try to make him kick field goals. Uh, the, the Patriots are going to be a team that's going to move the football. They've, Tom Brady's the greatest quarterback of all time. He's not going to hold it. If you could get him in a situation where you make him kick field goals, and then you're in this game as it goes, and then suddenly they have to try to do a few more things where they hold the football, then I think you've got a chance to get to Brady. Probably not early, though, Clay, because I don't think he's going to allow you to do that. And, you know, will they try to even run the ball once? I mean, that's the amazing thing about the Patriots. If they come out and they say, you know what, we've got to throw it every down, they will. They're not scared to do that in the least, even as well as Deion Lewis has played this year at running back. Looking ahead, uh, Mariota's coming into his fourth year, regardless of what happens at the end of this season. He's coming in for his fourth year. I believe the way the contracts are set up now, the Titans would have a potential option for his fifth year. 
Do you think the Titans have seen enough that they're going to try to get Mariota signed to a longer-term deal, or do you expect them to just let him play his fourth year and then talk about it at the end of next season? I would imagine they will do whatever, and I don't know all of the semantics of whether it's taking the fifth year or doing the extension or whatever. The Titans are committed to Marcus Mariota. They believe in Marcus Mariota. A lot of what they will look at in terms of improvement in this offseason will be how to build around him. There's no doubt in my mind they're going to do whatever it takes to ensure that he's with them long-term and that he's successful long-term. No question. Mike, appreciate the time. Enjoy the game tomorrow. We'll be listening and or watching. It's going to be a lot of fun. Look forward to it. Thank you, Clay Travis. I appreciate it. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick, the coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific. Ladies and gentlemen. I'm just glad I was there. Boys and girls. I thought he thought I was like this ginormous piece of chicken. Dying times here. I have a bone constrictor stuck to my face. And you have a what? This is Animal Thunderdome. This is pretty crazy, uh, the story that, that I read. You know, I was down in Naples, Florida for Thanksgiving, and I was there an entire week, South Florida, Beautiful place, spectacular town, and the whole time that I was there, I was never thinking, you know what, this is the kind of place where I expect a bear attack to happen. This seems totally like unprovoked. This is like the Pearl Harbor of the Animal Thunderdome. You don't anticipate that you're going to be a victim of a bear attack in Naples, Florida, but a man was attacked, becoming the first ever person to be attacked by a bear in South Florida. At around 10.30, this guy, Andrew Muner, was in an apartment complex and let his dog outside. Moments later, the canine suddenly ran back inside, scared, according to officials there in Naples. That's when a bear attacked the man and mauled his face with its paw. He was rushed to the hospital where he underwent a four-hour surgery and received 41 stitches for cuts across his head and chest. He said during the attack he saw three bears, not even one bear, three bears, and that all of them were about five feet feet tall. Uh, The Florida Fish and Wildlife and Conservation Commission said they will start setting up traps and conducting bear searches in the Naples area now soon. It's one thing if you got attacked by a shark. It's another thing even if you got attacked by a alligator. But a bear attack when you're just letting your dog outside? Uh, this is pretty crazy. And uh, Jason Martin, are you with me here that of all the things you would expect to happen in Naples, Florida, bear attack is not anywhere near the top of the list? Yeah, that's not what I would think would get me. You want to talk about an alligator or some kind of a reptile or something like that? I get you. Heat stroke, I get you at times. Maybe drownings, whatever it might be. I'm not rolling out of my back porch to get my dog at 11 after it's done its business looking and seeing Smokey next to me ready to take a chunk out of my face. Like that's Florida's already a problematic place to live. We've explained that on Animal Thunderdome before. But if the three bears are around and there's no Goldilocks, it's time to get out of Florida. There's well, I I love the state of Florida, um, and uh, Naples is awesome. 
But to me, Bears in Naples is just different level stuff. All right, what else you got? Justin, you got your uh, Bobcat story? That's right. Now, this one, uh, it's you know, it's not as, I guess, uh, we have no, nobody getting attacked here, but uh, now the animals, I guess, are attacking education. Uh, earlier in the week, this week, a bobcat and its kittens disrupted classes at an uh, Anthem High School, and that's in Arizona. Now, uh, students were kept inside buildings at uh, Boulder Creek High School for at least an hour while the Arizona Game and Fish Department employees worked to wrangle the bobcat and retrieve her two kittens, which had been hiding in a drain pipe near the school cafeteria. So I guess while the students were on uh, the holiday break, the, the bobcat and her kittens thought, oh, this is a nice deserted place. Did it- didn't this happen in California, like somewhere outside of L.A.? Didn't we have bobcats just wandering yeah, into school one day? Yeah, I remember telling that story. It, it was it was a cougar, I think it was, and it was just chilling. And it was like a day. It was before the kids were there. It, I think it was like a Sunday, so so there weren't actually any kids there, so it wasn't quite the same. Now I guess that bobcat heard the story about the cougar <laughs> and in said, Vegas. "Well, why are you going to show up on Sunday?" If you want to actually do damage, you need to show up when the children are there. Oh, and I thought you he were talking. Ramped it up. I thought you were talking about the cougar that got caught in the. Uh, oh bag yeah, that's check. true. Maybe I got the cougar. Maybe it was a bobcat, but this is not that same story. But yeah, the the cougar that was caught in the luggage was a completely different thing. Uh, all right, what else we got? Is that it? Well, no, it's actually not. Um, you can see a lot of things. You can see a lot of wildlife, a lot of things in the wild when you go to Walmart. Usually that's just the customers or the greeters. But on January wow, just the 9th, a shot at Walmart. So much for that uh, <laughs> that sponsorship we had lined up. I'll be just going unprovoked, there after this. Unprovoked attack at Walmart. Just out of left field, you just go after Walmart and all its, all its shoppers. Customers at a Texas Walmart captured video of a different kind of wildlife flying and swooping close to customers browsing the store's grocery section. What would you assume, Clay, based on what I just told you, that would be? Like in if Texas, there are animals around in Texas inside in grocery and the way that I describe them as swooping, what, what would you assume those would be? Like an eagle, maybe. How about a large colony of bats? In the daytime. Yes. Well, 6.30 p.m., so not really the daytime. It happened right there after rush hour on Monday, and the video shows these bats swooping between customers in the grocery section. And it's not like it's just Bruce Wayne. Like, it's like 25 bats That's that are scary. in this grocery store. I would get the hell out of that Walmart. Like, I just, I can wait. Like, I what, can get my bread, I can get do whatever have, I need later. Do they have a theory on why the bats just suddenly showed up, I mean, at a random Walmart? It does not appear that they do. All that I saw is everybody was like, they need to get them out of there. They were herding them towards the exits. They were actually flying low enough that they were flopping uh, their wings at people and hitting their jackets, chasing people actually out of the store. I don't know. Maybe Target hired bats I will to go say into this. Walmart and get I, people yeah. out of Walmart. I will say this. By the way, that would be a hell of a move if you Huge. were just uh, in a viral era. Birds attacking you. I, I This happened in my neighborhood. We had a like rogue bird, and I don't know why it was doing it, but like if you walked on the sidewalk near him, he would dive bomb you. And I got to be honest with you. You don't anticipate getting attacked from above. This isn't, the, 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 like, I understand now in World War II and everything else why air superiority is such an important aspect of, of uh, military combat. 
Because it's one thing if you get attacked by something coming at you on like your level. Like if a dog runs at you or even an alligator or I was like in my wrestling match with the alligator and I was giving him the people's elbow over and over again until he died. All of that you could see coming, right? A bird just suddenly hitting you from above is something you don't anticipate and it's pretty intimidating. So my kids wouldn't even walk on that side of the uh, of the uh, of the sidewalk, and you never knew when the bird was just going to show up and dive bomb you. And it's not like he was really hurting you, although he would like peck you. But it was like so startling that you would it was it would get in your head, and you'd start to worry that you were going to get hit by a bird at any moment. So I think the the the, the Alfred Hitchcock movie Birds, which I've watched, it makes even more sense how scary a bird is if you've ever just been unprovoked attacked by a bird or I mean, if you're driving and or if you're I, driving and a frozen iguana falls out of a tree and crashes your front windshield yeah the iguanas i think are thawed out now in florida and now we got the yeah. bears attacking but i gotta be like the bear attack in naples is one of those moments where i i knew that for instance there are bears in the everglades but if you got lost in the Everglades and with all the anacondas and the alligators and you know now we know that sometimes the sharks are in the fresh water in the Everglades like the Everglades is a dangerous place but a bear seems like an unfair thing like if you're on the beach and this happened I think didn't we have a beach attack in uh, of a uh, by a bear I think we did in like the the Destin area if you get attacked by a bear on the beach it just seems unfair it's like the bear shouldn't be there on the beach, just like a bear shouldn't be in a random Naples area. It just doesn't make any sense at all. It isn't in any way a fair situation. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com and within the iHeartRadio app. Bring in Casey Smith now as we do every single Friday, final hour at K-A-Y-C-E Smith. You can see her Twitter feed. I tweeted out uh, from her just uh, moments ago. Casey Last time we talked to you, I think it was the middle of a snowstorm in Boston and the storm over the Patriots with Belichick and Brady and Kraft. Has it subsided at all or is it still a big conversation, the story that came out that alleged that they were not getting on well or has that kind of subsided now that the playoffs are officially beginning for the Patriots tomorrow? It's definitely not subsided. I do expect today to be more about the actual playoff, but last time we talked, the the article had just hit And every single day since then, everybody's still been breaking it down because either Brady has talked or Belichick or Robert Kraft or whoever. And the big question is, is who did it come from? Why did it come out? And what's really the truth? And I think throughout the week that the reason it's been the biggest storyline is because every time you look at the Patriots, at least over the last decade or so, talking about Deflategate or Spygate, it's always been kind of controversy from the outside looking in. It's the Patriots rallying around each other because whatever's going on is coming from the outside, the accusations. This is coming potentially from within the locker room and surrounding Tom Brady. So it's definitely an interesting angle. Uh, people that are calling in a local radio say they don't want to hear the TMZ side of things anymore. But as soon as you start talking about the actual game, they do want to hear about it. So, <laughs> you know, <there's, laughs> you can't make people happy around here, but I do expect today to be more about the matchup itself, but this story is not going anywhere anytime soon, I don't think, uh, but I do expect the game to take precedent at least today and tomorrow. I haven't followed it aggressively to see whether you can actually watch this reality show yet, but Tom Brady has allowed a camera crew basically to accompany him for much of this year. Now, they haven't actually, I don't believe, 
gone into the Patriots facility or even where the Patriots are practicing or anything like that. But there are guys riding to and from practice with him. His kids, Giselle, are in it. How much of a topic has this been, and what's the actual story here? I figure you probably know. Is this out to be watched? I've read articles about it, but I haven't actually sought out the video itself. It seems a little bit strange for Brady, a guy who was typically all about football, to suddenly allow people into a large component of his private life. Yeah, It's not out yet, and it comes out on Facebook Watch eventually. I'm not exactly sure when. Um, but it's it's already been shot, and and based, I mean you're absolutely right. It's kind of bizarre for the timing for it to come out right now, or at least the trailer to come out, because we've always known Tom Brady to be so private in what he does. But from what we understand, and Tommy Curran, who works up here in Boston, who's a Patriots beat writer, spoke with the documentary maker uh, Gotham Chopra about it, and basically what he said was that Tom decided, Tom Brady decided that what he wanted to do was really document his journey since the Super Bowl win last year, knowing that he was turning 40, knowing that he was dealing with his parents and his sick mother, there's kind of all the things going on behind the scenes. And to be honest, Clay, there's been pretty mixed reaction, I think, up here in New England because it's very not Tom Brady to let cameras in so people get the feeling that it might be scripted, that it might be kind of a setup thing and that it's kind of an eye roll. And then the other side is, is you don't see what goes on behind the scenes. And Tom Brady's a pretty unrelatable guy. Not only is he the greatest of all time at what he does, he's also married to a supermodel and he doesn't eat tomatoes or meat or anything <laughs> like that. So it's like, well, hey, like I'd like to see a camera about that too because who in the world can relate to this kind of thing? So uh, it is weird timing that they're releasing the trailer now. But in my opinion, I think he's trying to set himself up even more so about his brand. He knows football is eventually going to end, but the TV 12 stuff... You know, his lifestyle change and everything with Alex Guerrero. I think that's what that's really going to document. But from what we know, nothing with inside the Patriots locker room, nothing with Bill Belichick, and I think that's an interesting angle as well. Why do you think Tom Brady cares about his life after football suddenly? And, and the reason why I ask that question is this. If you told me right now, okay, Clay Travis, you're going to have several hundred million dollars, you're going to have a Super Bowl, uh, sorry, a supermodel wife along with your five or your six or your seven Super Bowls, whatever he's going to finish with. You're going to be somewhat healthy, you know, relatively healthy, good looking guy, young kids, and you don't have to worry about being in the public eye for the rest of your life. To me, that would actually have a great deal of appeal after being in the public eye as much as he has. I've got plenty of money. I can have an amazing life. I don't have to have like obligations on a day-to-day basis why does he care about this health conscious like tb12 lifestyle brand that he's trying to create he's got enough money like i you know like and and i understand the concept of somebody saying like oh why does jeff bezos try to make more money well the answer for jeff bezos is i think he probably loves being the ceo of amazon and legitimately thinks he's making america better with the way that he's able to create things with Amazon. Like, I legitimately believe that Jeff Bezos, who I believe is the most wealthy man in America, is not doing what he's doing to make more money. He's doing it because he thinks he's making the world a better place through his company and all of those things. Is that Brady's goal now? Like, it's tough for me to psychoanalyze a guy like this because, to me, if I had hundreds of millions of dollars and my career was coming to a close at some point like his – I'd just ride off into the sunset with my smoking hot Victoria's Secret supermodel wife with my couple of kids, do whatever I wanted for the rest of my life and not feel like I needed to be in the public eye for years ahead. Does that make sense or is that crazy? 
Yeah, no, it makes sense. And it's a good question. But I mean, my answer, at least from what I've seen up here and from hearing people that are around him on a day to day basis, is that he does actually believe in this stuff that he's doing will help people be better, not just himself with the Alex Guerrero training, with the lifestyle change. So it's not about money. No, I mean, I think there's probably going to be an element of that, right? I mean, who can ever have too much money? I mean, that's the whole thing. I mean, you see that happen all the time. But I do believe that there is an element of this that he believes so deeply in what he does and how he trains and how he lives that that's something that he wants to carry on. And look, I mean, you read some of the stuff that Alex Guerrero preaches, like you can drink enough water and not get a concussion. Now, I know that he doesn't, doesn't say that very as much likely. anymore. But, <laughs> that doesn't yeah, seem very right? likely, by the way. Like, but what is it about water with these guys? Like Russell Wilson had like his water and he claimed like, hey, if you pour this on top of your head, it'll kill the effects of a concussion or something, right? It was like craziness. And now Tom Brady's like, hey, if you drink enough water, you're never going to get concussions. Yeah, no, it's crazy. Well, and another thing that was that – Alex Guerrero has said is that if you drink enough water, you don't get sunburned, which is completely asinine as well. It's like, this is ridiculous. Coming from somebody who's had skin cancer, I'm like, come on, man. Like, you just, you, that's not even reality. But I do think that the stuff with the pliability training and how they train for football and just how good, I mean, let's be honest, how good Tom Brady is at the age he is playing the best football of his life, I think he wants to show people that this is a real thing and move that forward. And I don't know exactly why the motivation is now, other than the fact that maybe he knows that the end of his career is on the horizon within the next couple of years. But I do think he actually really believes in it, and it's not just about money. Then you see him selling you know, luxury cars, and you see him selling Uggs, and you see him selling candy. And you're like, okay, I would probably do the same thing too because you maximize your name. It is interesting, though, because he wasn't like this early or even middle of his career. It's just the last few years. So I don't blame him. I don't necessarily buy in all the TB12 stuff, but if he does, I guess why not market it and make as much money as you can and try to convince people that you believe in this stuff and can change their life as well. We're talking to Casey Smith, K-A-Y-C Smith. You can go follow her on Twitter. I just retweeted her, so if you're trying to find her and you're not very astute at using Twitter, that's an easy way to do it. All right, on the field, Brady's quarterback rating in the last five weeks has declined precipitously. It's dropped like 30 points. He's thrown six touchdowns, but only five interceptions. Is there a reason to believe that he's not very healthy and or that the way he finished the season is going to continue into the playoffs, or is this a false story and there's no reason to actually be worried? I think it's somewhere in the middle. I think you absolutely have to look at those numbers, and people who aren't, are just not wanting to admit that he did play worse through the end of the season. Now, if you look at a couple of those games, um, there was question on if he was injured, whether it was his hand or it was his Achilles. And like we mentioned with the Alex Guerrero stuff, he's never going to come out and admit that he has a minor injury because that would go against everything that he preaches about not being injured in football unless it's a major injury. But I also think you know, with Gromp not being available one of those games, with them really struggling uh, in the run game a couple of those games, I think it's a mixture of both. I don't think, and I know it's against your Titans, Clay, and so I don't want to hurt your feelings. I don't think that those issues are going to happen this weekend. I don't think the Titans have really a chance against the Patriots, but crazier things have happened. And if Tom Brady is injured, uh, if they can't get the, the ground game going, and if Gronk isn't who he is, which I don't think will happen, then maybe it'll get interesting. But I think Tom Brady's okay. I think having that extra week to rest will be fine. It'll be interesting to see uh, exactly where they start to show those signs of decline like they did over the last five games, whether it's this weekend or next. But I- I'm not worried about Tom Brady, at least this weekend. But I know there are people out there that say maybe he is a whole lot more injured than he'll ever admit, and we'll see that on Saturday night. 
the weather's actually not going to be crazy, right? I mean, because it's gotten warm, and I think it's going to be like in the mid-40s. So it's not like intimidating as it has been in the past. Have you paid attention at all to what the weather is likely to be? Because a big part, if you're not from, I know you live up there now, but if you're not from Boston, a big part of the intimidation value, I think, of Foxborough is it's probably going to be insanely cold. Tom Brady played most recently in a scuba suit or whatever he did. <laughs> like there's this idea that it is the frozen tundra up there in a way that it isn't very many other places in, you know, the uh, in, in the north, right? I mean, the Vikings have a dome. Uh, the Eagles are substantially further south. What's the weather actually going to be, and is there going to be an intimidation factor in that respect this weekend? Well, we got a, a heat wave that came through yesterday. Yes. And it was a whopping 49 degrees. I was very excited about that. I mean, it's supposed to be pretty mild this weekend. I mean, last weekend, it's the, my weather app said it felt like negative 28 and I was seriously thinking about packing my bag <laughs> and heading back to Texas. I was like, what have I signed myself up for? But no, I mean, a couple of weeks ago when they played and it was the coldest game they'd ever played at Gillette, I think that plays into it because it was so, so cold. And then you've got Bill Belichick coming out in his short sleeves and shorts and you're like, okay, this is what the Patriots are. This weekend, I think it's supposed to be, you know, maybe high 30s mid-40s, it shouldn't be an issue, uh, but I think it's supposed to drop again for the next week. So if the Patriots do advance, that is a factor because it is miserable outside. I can't even walk outside just to go to my car, let alone play football. So I would assume that, that teams that aren't used to it, it does play into it, but I don't think the Titans have an issue this weekend by any means. So they had a week off. Obviously, they had the huge story that dropped about Brady, Belichick, and Kraft. The Patriots are a prohibitive favorite to go to the Super Bowl and also to win it of the eight teams remaining. Do you think that people in Boston basically feel like it's a foregone conclusion that the Patriots are going to be in the Super Bowl, or is there nervousness based on the way the season finished, based on some of the off-field drama? Kind of assess the Patriot fan base feeling as best you can as the playoffs officially start for them tomorrow. I think that there are like more people outwardly are saying that they think the Patriots are going to go straight to the Super Bowl just because of the field right now when you look at the teams that are in it. But I think if you actually press them on an answer and ask them why they're so confident, it would show pretty quickly that there's a little bit more nervousness than maybe in, in years past, maybe even last year, just because of, like you mentioned, the way they played down the stretch, the way the defense has been up and down, and the fact that, look, I mean, even though the Chiefs aren't in the playoffs anymore, the way that the game the season started for the Patriots, everybody. So uh, I think that the Steelers still present a big threat in a lot of people's minds just because it is the Steelers and maybe even the Jags. But going into at least going into the AFC championship, I think people are pretty confident. Going into the Super Bowl, I think that there's some concern, even if people don't want to admit it. This team is not the team people thought they were in the offseason. Yes, they're the number one team in the NFL. Yes, they're probably the best team in the NFL right now. There were so many people harping on that 19-0, and and there's no way anybody can beat them, and that team couldn't have been further from that. So I think people are nervous. They just won't admit it, because that's what people in New England do, Clay. They're the best, and they'll always be the best until Tom Brady and Bill Belichick move on, which you know we'll see when that happens. But until that happens, people are going to – they're not going to admit they're nervous. That's not what you do up here. You're very confident in everything that you do. You were talking to Casey Smith, KYC Smith, on Twitter. You can follow her there. Casey – if I were telling you right now, as Tom Brady enters the playoffs tomorrow for what feels like the 20th straight year, that he was going to play for two years more, over under, do you go over or under on two for Brady years after this one that he'll be the starting quarterback for the Patriots? 
I take the over. I really do. And I, I mean, if that was based on just me watching him play and not knowing exactly, you know, or potentially how he feels about it, I would still probably say two, just because of the way he's playing. And I understand his decline the last five weeks. But then you take into consideration, again, whether the details were sexed up or not, in the Seth Wickersham article about all of this, you, you look at how the Jimmy Garoppolo thing went down. And I think that that shed a huge light on the fact that Tom Brady basically spoiled the plans for Jimmy Garoppolo and everybody else because they, they drafted Jimmy to be his replacement and he's still playing so well. And he said, hey, I'm playing better and better. Why are you trying to replace me? I'm not going anywhere. I think that that is a huge indication of how he feels that he's playing. So barring some major injury or some lifestyle change that you know happens whether it's just with family or not i would say the over which is crazy because that would make him almost 43 years old but if anybody can do it at least right now it is tom brady what about belichick do you think belichick will be back coaching next year and is it even worthy of discussion or to you is that overblown like we, we had several people in the nfl on last week and they're like legitimately we think it's 50 50 whether belichick is going to be back as the head coach of the patriots next year is that crazy talk, or is it possible this will be the last playoffs we see Belichick and Brady together in New England? It's definitely not crazy talk. I think he will be back next year, but I don't think that it's a 100% guarantee like Tom Brady is. I think that there is whatever is going on, there's an issue with how Bill Belichick feels like things are happening. Now, again, nobody's ever going to know the actual story of what's going on and how you know, crazy those details are, but we know that Bill Belichick likes to make his own decisions. That's the reason he has, you know, final say on the roster and is given those football decisions in the first place. If that's being taken away and if he feels like he's being undercut by Robert Kraft or by Tom Brady or whoever it may be, it wouldn't shock me uh, if he was coaching somewhere else. And if the situation is as bad as it seems to be in some people's accounts, then it wouldn't shock me down the road if there was a trade for Belichick. Now, I don't think that's going to happen. I think that Bill Belichick and Robert Kraft and Tom Brady and cooler heads will prevail, and they'll you know, make it work together because they know that they're by far the best thing in the league right now. But it all depends on how bad everything is. It wouldn't surprise me. I do think it's 50-50. But if I had to put money on next year at least, I do think he'll be back in New England. Outstanding stuff as always. Will you actually go to the game, or how are you going to watch it? I will not be going to the game. I have off on Saturdays. I have to work Sundays, at least through the playoffs. So I will be at a bar probably drinking watching the game, which means I'll have to rewatch it on Sunday. But, hey, I'll take my day off any way I can get it. You're rooting. I mean, it's no, no doubt. You're rooting to go to the Super Bowl because it makes your, your job more fun and everything else. If the Patriots lost, how would it compare to you versus, say, like A&M losing a game? You went to Texas A&M. And obviously, like, you're rooting for the Patriots because it's a better story if they're pursuing the Super Bowl and it's more fun if you go to Minnesota and get to cover the Super Bowl. But how would that compare professionally versus personally if the Aggies lose a close game? Well, one thing is that the Aggies always lose. So I've just accepted that. <laughs> and I've just, I know we can't have anything nice. But no, I mean, you know, I'm a Cowboys fan at heart. But watching the Patriots has been a lot of fun and the storylines are always great. At the end of the day, I want them to keep winning solely because it's a good storyline and I get to go to the Super Bowl. If they lose, We'll have some stuff to talk about for the next couple of weeks, but I'll be very, very sad that I'm not hanging out with you guys in Minnesota. So go yeah, Pats, come go. On, come on the show live when we're on Radio Row uh, at least once. We'll do that for sure. It's Casey Smith. Go follow her on Twitter at Casey Smith, K-A-Y-C Smith. She'll be there for the big game if you want to follow along with her for the Patriots run in the playoffs. Thanks. Thanks for getting up early with us. <laughs> Thanks, Clay. Oh, 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 right. 
Are your wiper blades chattering, skipping, or squeaking? Don't let streaks or smearing on your windshield compromise your visibility. When it's time to replace your wiper blades, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and see our selection. Our professional parts people will even install your new wiper blades while you wait. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare hey it's jonas knox all right game off we got to pause here to talk more about monopoly go i know what you're saying flag on the play you already talked about that but there's just so much good stuff in this game in monopoly go you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards the more you win together the more awesome prizes you unlock and there's so much to get unique stickers you can trade with friends to complete albums for big prizes cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their new unique mini-games like Digging for Treasure or a Robot Pachinko Machine. And there's always new timed events that help you win big like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go, so get off the bench and go download it now free on Google Play or the App Store. Game on!